Off the Ball Daily. A home for your favourite podcasts from Off the Ball. I might create a new game. I looked at creating a game that just had four pockets on. I looked at the table, we started playing it. I went, you know what, I like this. It's a cross between Paul and Snooker. Subscribe to the Off the Ball Daily podcast feed right now. So this Sunday is the 50th All-Ireland Ladies Senior Football Final and remarkably it is the first ever meeting of Kerry and Dublin in the final. That'll round off a packed day at Crow Park at 4pm. Before that in the intermediate final at 1.45 it's Kildare against Clare and first up at 11.45am in the junior final it is down against Limerick. To look ahead to the day we have a stacked panel uh, delighted to be joined by Kira Trant, the former Dublin Gold Goalkeeper, All-Ireland winner in four straight years and a two-time All-Star. We've got Paul Garrigan, who was a key part of the Mead setup that won the All-Ireland for the last two years. And Angela Walsh has just the nine All-Ireland medals with that uh, all-conquering Cork team, six-time All-Star. So we got plenty to get through over the next little while. Uh, Kira, from a Dublin point of view, uh, Mick Bowen, has, uh, has he been stoking it up yet again? I remember against Mayo a few years ago, there was a bit of controversy about course Staunton and describing her as intimidating in Cora's book she said she was listening to McBohan's words in her headphones on the way to Crow Park this time around there seems to be questions about uh, the physicality of this Kerry side has he got a point are they the most physical team Gaelic football has ever seen Um, I don't think they're the most physical team Gaelic football has ever seen or ladies football anyway Um, but I was at the match in Parnell Park earlier in the summer and uh, it was a very physical game but I think the way the game was played was was quite fair it was just hell for letter sort of stuff Um, and yeah I think maybe Kerry got the better of Dublin that day in terms of physicality there were a few questionable tackles possibly on both sides as well but I think it was from my point of view that's that's championship football like you're in you're in the gym a couple of times a week you know your your strength and conditioning is is huge to to take those hits and to to give those hits as well so um look there'll be no holding back at the weekend um and I think the match we played in, in really really good spirits um but in terms of I don't think there'll be anything um Ward uh, going on in the match uh, of course Paul it was your Meath team that brought that strength and conditioning on to a whole other level over the last couple of years so I, I suppose Nathan you're right I suppose Eugene Ivers would have put huge work into conditioning but like mo- most of the inter-county teams now are really really well conditioned I, I remember looking at um, I think there was a promotion there for the Kerry group there a couple of, couple of weeks ago and some of the ladies were in the in that photo and they were equally as well conditioned as the, as, as the men in that photo so um, yeah it's interesting you know that I suppose the, the word bullied was used used uh, I suppose uh, by, by Mick in relation to the, the last game but you know I'd be surprised if there's any you know if there's any Dublin players sin building that's you know like making the lads are well well tutored in managing that and you know the, you know the, the t- both teams are really w- uh, well conditioned so um, you know I'm, I'm looking forward to it you know and as I said um, it'll be uh, it'll be a, it'll be a big battle on, the, on that on that count there's a strong argument, Angela, that those comments a few years ago about Cora Staunton worked because Dublin went on and won that game. Uh, am I reading too much into this? those comments that uh, about the physicality? Do you think McBone is thinking long and hard about this, about how he wants the game to be refereed? Yeah, well, you know, I read the article there earlier and I just thought, uh, you know, I suppose Declan and Dara, their defences straight away after Dublin had a massive win over Cork that he was playing mind games by saying that and trying to get into their mindset maybe. 
Um, but you know, as the, the gang alluded to there, like I, you know, that match uh, that they played earlier in the summer was so physical, so tough. I remember, you know, a lot of the, the older Cork gang, we were texting each other going, oh my God, I, I couldn't believe the, the hits and the, you know, it has got more physical definitely since I think the time that I was playing definitely and uh, the strength and conditioning has come on hugely. But in terms of do I think Nick Bowen is playing mind games? Possibly, yes. I, you know, um, you know, it's no harm. Um, you know, he's kind of throwing it back to Kerry. Uh, I think, you know, like, and trying to maybe put Dublin the tag of the underdogs, which... You know, I can't say that they are after their convincing win over Cork. It is incredible that's the first ever meeting of Kerry and Dublin in the senior final. Kerry are the joint most successful team alongside your Cork side, Angela, with 11 wins, but they haven't won the Brendan Martin Cup in 30 years, 1993. Of course, Dublin, uh, with that all-conquering side, disappointment over the last couple of years. So both these sides going into this uh, on a bit of a revenge mission after me dominating over the last year or so. In terms of the season so far and what's happened so Kerry were beaten by Cork in the Munster final but responded really well then in the All-Ireland Championship they beat Dublin in that game that we've been talking about in Parnell Park beat Cavan then knocked out Mead in the quarter final before beating Mayo in the semi-final from Dublin's point of view uh, they are the Leinster champions beating Mead in the final they lost to Kerry but then responded to beat Cavan to qualify a win over Donegal and then beat Cork in the semi-finals. If we look at Kerry first then, Angela, and what they're going to bring, obviously the injury to Sheaf Roche is massive, but just how big an impact is that going to have on what they want to do on Sunday? Yeah, like I suppose it has kind of two parts. Obviously it's a huge loss that she won't be playing, but I think maybe uh, the psychological side of things, like Sheaf obviously is going to be there, she's going to be very much part of it. You know, I suppose if I was the Kerry players, I'd be saying, now girls, come on, let's do this first year for like, I mean, it's her second cruciate and she's only a 21 year old. Um, you know, she's her captain as well. So, um, you know, they'll drive it on for her, no doubt. But she definitely, without doubt, is going to be a huge loss for them. Uh, Louise Namar Hertig has, as ever, stood up Kira this season, scored 110 in the semi final win over Mayo's current top scorer in the championship, 424 so far. How do you see Dublin defensively? trying to stymie her influence on the game? Um, played against her many times and, you know, I just believe she can't be stopped. She's just she's just so smart, so good, you know, and she doesn't need a lot of time. She doesn't need a lot of space. Um, so I think the best approach is to, to just limit the supply going into her and even if the ball is going into her and make sure it's a bad ball, it's a contestable ball, something like that. Like she is going to score. Uh, you know, she's solid on the freeze. She's very, very reliable on the freeze. So it's just limiting how many scores she does get. And, and that's all about supply and, and stopping the support that she's going to get when the ball does go in. Um, but, you know, if you're if she's the only one scoring at the weekend, uh, I think it's Dublin's game. So you also have to limit those around her. Think of David Clifford um, two weeks ago. Probably didn't have the great game in terms of shot to score ratio, but you know his contributions to the team scores and the team's overall performance were were really huge. So it's kind of twofold: stop Louise, but kind of more so limit her, and then stop everybody else around playing off her. It is hard, Paul, not to go with the David Clifford comparison around Louise Mahertig when you look at the score she's racking up in that game in the group stage against Dublin scored 1-6 at Parnell Park scored 11 points against Dublin in the league and then the 110 against Mayo in the semi-final you've been in this position you've had to think about this as to how you stop her how how did you go about it back in the day? 
I suppose, as Kira said, it's, it's not easy. And I suppose the system we played with over the last couple of years, you know, we've a lot of bodies back. Um, so it makes it difficult for that ball uh, to go into Louise. But even on top of that, like we would, we would have had Mary Kate Lynch marking her, so we would have had our system, and we would have had somebody else marking her as well. But she's so she's so influential for the team. Like as you said, one ten, one six, um, so far this year. And like coincidentally enough, she only scored one two last year in the All Ireland final. So she scored two frees and a goal early on. And you know, I would have said that was a major contribution for me winning that game that like she didn't have that major influence and that's where so, so what, what, what did you do so so we had our system like so we like if you've seen me play we, we, we could have 12 13 players inside the 45 so it's hard to get a ball yeah, into her and then you obviously have some like she's been marked then by somebody as well like so Mary Kate is following her in the scoring zone <clears throat> there's lots of bodies she has no space so that's difficult, like, and I'm sure Mick is very, very aware of that. Like, and someone like Leah Caffrey, you know, probably Mark and her, and then you know, a lot of bodies back. You know, the space is the key for her because, as Kira says, if she gets, you know, a foot or two on you, she'll score. Like, you know, like one ten, like against Mayo, was like probably one of the best performances I've seen in a long time. So, you know, like we we would have really targeted kind of stopping her scoring because you know when we looked at the stats in relation to the rest of the scores and it's a little bit like that this year you know if Louise doesn't score who who's stepping up like in fairness Neveny Connor and Danielle did in the final league final against Galway but up to this not really like not really Kira, when you look at Dublin's four in a row, the first couple of finals, Dublin racked up big scores and there was that dour enough game against Galway that got a lot of attention and then one ten against Cork in the 2020 final. Is it in Mick Bowen's DNA to sit back and to crowd the defence and, and to make it uh, incredibly difficult for uh, Mahertig to have that sort of space that she craves? Um, no, it's it's not ever the approach that we've taken. It's it's kind of always been kind of win your individual battles, and if if we can get an extra body or two back to maybe double up on a player, do so then. But it's it's generally been about uh, winning the individual battles and getting support back. Um, Mick's approach to football is is very attacking. Um, and that attacking platform starting from the back. So, you know, if you watch the, the previous couple of games, you've, you know, corner four, corner backs going forward and getting scores. Martha Byrne, Eve Crowley, Eve Donnellan as well has been getting on the score sheet as well. Um, so defensively, you know, putting the opposition on the back foot is a massive, um, a massive kind of system or process within Dublin's defensive system. So yeah, there'll be there'll be times when there's lots of bodies behind the ball, but you know, the way Kerry play and, and the way Dublin focus on winning your battle, um, it will be very open at times. Angela, do you look at it that if Dublin can do what Mead did last year and limit her to one two, they win this game? Yeah, like Louise and she's in fantastic form, I will say I feel like, you know, as you mentioned, Kerry haven't won the All-Ireland in 30 years and Louise has been around Kerry for a very, very long time. I feel like their appetite and their want to win is massive this year. And it has been like over the last number of years, you know, Declan and Dara, they've been on board now for four years with the same group of players and they're all working towards the common goal. Obviously, Dublin then and Mick Bowen has been there and, you know, the same. And they've had a lot of new players all right this year. But, you know, I, I just feel that appetite is still there because Mick Bowen, I feel he drives it into them, you know. Um, I definitely think that you know it's going to be an interesting game it should be a really good game of football and definitely the key for me if Dublin are to win is to limit Louise 
and play as well as they did against Cork. Looking at some of the other uh, interesting battles that'll be there, and I guess even though we know Dublin as a All Ireland winning machine, Kira, there's a lot of new players in this squad. McBone's been talking about, been somewhat surprised that they found themselves in the final, considering the transition that's been going on. But there are still plenty of experienced players there, the likes of Carla Rowan. The return of Sinead O'Hearn, it looked as though she was done with the inter county game. Can you, having shared a dressing room with her for many years, talk about her importance to the squad? Oh, she's huge. Like I, I was only talking to someone the other day about it, saying that, you know, there was there was one year where, you know, my biggest goal for winning the All Ireland was to get Sinead Ahern up those steps. Um and that's the impact she had on me. Like wanting to win just to see her win, just to see her lift the cup, um, is huge. Like she's she's very softly spoken, but when she speaks, everyone's silent, everybody listens, like her 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 advice, her encouragement and oftentimes her criticism is is, is like gold dust within the dressing room. And you know, when when I was a a young one looking to, you know, put pictures of, of Dublin players up on my wall, it was Sinead Ahern and like to see that she's still there and she's still having that contribution to, to younger girls coming through now that she, you know, her name is still in lights and, and rightly so um but she she's so intelligent she's she's so so smart and you know even at 34 years of age i think it is like she just needs a moment to have a massive impact uh on the game and you know i can see her featuring at some stage of the weekend but you know it won't be a, for the sake of you know she's still around let's let's give her some game time you know it's another all ireland final for her. you know she she'll come on to to do some damage um but yeah, she, she's mass, massive and there'll be a lot of girls there, same position I was in, looking to, uh, to to get another medal in her pocket. Paul, with Dublin losing the likes of, of Kira, of Sinead Goldrick, Lindsay Davey, players coming in such as Neve Crowley and, and Alish O'Dowd, have you seen a change in Dublin this year compared to what we were talking there, a very attacking side? Have you seen a change tactically for McBone this season of what they're trying to do? No, no, I think what Kira said, like Mick has his way of playing and I, I don't think it's changed much, but like I must give I must give Dublin real credit. Like like he's lost like Kira, Siobhan McGrath, Neve McAvoy, Nicole Owens, Lindsay Davies, Sinead Goldrick, Alwyn Carey, Neve Collins, Siobhan Kaleem. Kate McDay, Jess Tobin, they, they're not there now. And uh, as as Kira said, he's brought in like Abbey's and goals. Uh, you know, unbelievable the last day. Like, and you know, she kind of struggled. I thought in the first few games, but like was nearly player of the match the last day. You have Neve Donnan, Neve Crowley, Ailish O'Dowd, who they got from Leitrim, who is so tough. Probably one of the toughest. Mid- I'm really looking forward to the midfield battle uh, between between her and 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 um, the Galvin girl um, in the middle of the field. Uh, and then Ellen Cribben, who, who's come in, like so, he's he's really like brought in, um, you know, a new batch of players, and you know they've just been getting better and better and better. And like some people would have said up around Mead, like you know, uh, you know when they won the Leinster final, Mead were, you know, Mead were missing a good few. Mead, a twelve of the All Ireland team that won the um, won the All Ireland the previous year, played that day in the Leinster final. So like you know, I, I haven't seen a different style. But I've seen a real, real improvement and a real energy and a determination. Um, funny, I met Mick last Christmas, and you know, I, I just got by him that he, you know there was unsettled business. Not not that he had to prove it to anyone else, but he was, he was, you know, he was still on about the 2021 All Ireland. You know, and I was saying this guy is still determined on winning winning an Ireland uh, with Dublin. You know, so um, yeah, same same style, but uh, improving every game. 
Angela, what are your thoughts on the midfield then? We've Lorraine Scanlon, Louise Galvin, probably gone up against Eilish O'Dowd and Jennifer Dunn, the two Kerry players in their 30s. Louise Galvin, such a vastly experienced player. And then two young Dublin players coming through and like Jennifer Dunn's performance in the semi-final was just exceptional. Yeah. Uh, like this is a day for experience in, in lots of ways, but there are players on the Kerry side who've probably gone through an awful lot of hurt as well over recent years, particularly last season. Definitely. And like, um, you know, you mentioned Lorraine and Louise there as the midfield. I mean, they were playing when I was playing, you know, and like my last year was 2014. So like the likes of Lorraine, Louise and um, the girls midfield, um, you know, they've been there for so long. And as you mentioned, 30 years is such a long time. Um, Jennifer Dunn was amazing in the, in the semi-final win over Cork. I just was like totally and utterly wowed by her. Um, you know she was brilliant and it's going to be a very interesting midfield battle I'd say it's going to be just non-stop I would definitely like to see the kilometres that they cover by the end of the match on Sunday evening and uh, you know Louise Galvin you know in fairness to her she went from football she played rugby sevens for a long time she had a baby she's now back in the Kerry midfield like it's amazing and like you know uh, Paul mentioned there about Mick Bowen having unfinished business I feel a lot of these Kerry girls have unfinished business you know all they would like is an all-early medal in their back pockets. Yeah, it does feel from the outside looking at it, Angela, that maybe for some of these Kerry players, this might be the last chance, whereas actually for a lot of these Dublin players, you feel they're going to be a force for the next few years. Oh, absolutely. Like, as you know, as you mentioned there, and Paul listed out the girls that have gone from Dublin, you know, with 14 new players, like Mick Bowen has done an amazing job, like, to, to you know, breed them in. But, like, in another sense, like, those young players, like, I feel they've absolutely nothing to fear. And, you know, maybe that's why Dublin have found themselves in the All-Ireland final. Like, they're, you know, when they're well able to play football, they just go hell for later. There's no holding back. They don't know what they're coming up against. Maybe they haven't played against, you know, other counties and... Um, you know, no fear. Uh, so definitely, you know, it is going to be a really good game of football. I just hope that the referee does leave, a f- you know, flow freely and, you know, we'll hope that there's no yellow cards on the day. Angela, just on Cork's performances against the two of them, because, and listen, uh, you're from Cork, so you're going to say the Munster final is still as important as ever, but they were able to put 5-14 past Kerry in that match, and obviously Dublin then beat Cork in the semi-final. Was it just that Kerry were planning the run a little bit later in the summer, or was there something in that game, actually, that there's a a flaw in this Kerry side that actually if Dublin can expose it, they can rack up a big score? Yeah, you know, like I suppose, like, you know, thinking back to my days, well, it was always ding-dong battles between Kerry. And, you know, some of the All-Irelands that we won, um, I feel it came off the back of a Munster final defeat to Kerry, you know, because it was the catalyst. It was like, oh, Jeannie, come on now. Like, and maybe that's what happened for Kerry this year when Cork beat them in the Munster final. Um, You know, that day Cork played immensely well, definitely. And, um, you know, they started off really well. And I think Kerry maybe just didn't turn up for the start of that game. Um, so maybe that was the awakening that Kerry needed back along earlier in the summer, you know. And uh, definitely, I suppose, like Cork, I suppose, in the match against Dublin there in the semi-final, would be disappointed by their display, definitely. Uh, but I do feel Dublin really performed on the day. Like, they had a really good day at the semi-final, um, you know, to beat Cork by that much. And uh, I just felt that they had a serious engine. Their fitness was amazing. Their ball handling skill was amazing. Like, they were, they played really well. So, you know, it is hard to put two back-to-back games like that um, together. So, you know, hopefully that they'll bring it on Sunday now as well against Kerry and that we'll be in for a good game. 
Kira, uh, it's going to be interesting looking at the goalkeepers. They have such an important role now in Gaelic football and the kickouts are going to be absolutely vital. Two very young keepers, your replacement, Abby Shields, 21 years of age. And then on the Kerry side, Kira Butler of Castle Gregory, 19 years of age. There's a, a big weight on both their shoulders. Um, yeah, there is. Like It's, it's, it's a key position, obviously. Um, I think... Both keepers are very, very strong shot stoppers. Um, like Abby has been up training. I think she was 16 when she was training with us. And, you know, she's been around the team uh, for years and years. You know, she's a couple of All-Ireland medals uh, in her pocket as well. Um, so she has that She has that experience, not on the pitch, but she's she's been through it all. Um, and she's grown in confidence this year, like to see her against Cork, the performance she had, like just oozing with confidence. And it, it, it's great to see. And Kira Butler as well, the same. Fantastic shot stopper, pulled off some really, really good saves in their semi-final as well. And then again against Mead. For me, I think both teams will be chasing opposition kickouts massively. Um you know, and you know, I think there is opportunities to hurt uh, your, the opposition on op- uh, on their kickouts, um, and I think possibly that's an area where goals are going to be scored. I think in open play, it's going to be you know quite tight, um, it's going to be very very physical. But if you can if you can nab a goal on the back of an opposition kickout and then hurt them again, maybe with an extra point or winning the follow up kickout, I think that's. That's an opportunity or possibly where the, the game-changing moments are going to come at the weekend. You were very modest, Kira. I thought when we were talking about Abby, you'd say she'd be fine. She learned from the best. It'll all be grand. But, uh, <laughs> she, she's been around the block at this stage, even at, at 21. Paul, in terms of the pressure they'll try and put on the keepers and whether they press up, do both these sides press right up in the opposition kickouts? Yeah, I think they do, yeah. Um, as Kira says, you know, that there'll be a lot of that. Be a lot of lines, four, 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 three, four, four, huge amount of pressure on the kicks. The one thing I will say about the two keepers is both have them both have the ability to kick the ball long. Uh, which some keepers don't like. You know, a lot, a lot of the keepers maybe might hit the 45. If both of these keepers can k- kick the ball pretty long. So there could be a little bit of danger if you push too high. And, you know, with the likes of Scanlon and Gavlin around the middle of the field, like they're, they're, they they can feel ball and win it, like, you know, and you, you could get caught, um, you know, with a lot of bodies pushed up where we could see, um, we could see a, a turnover into a goal or something like that. So, um, yeah, there'll be a lot, there'll be a lot of high points. And, and then again, depending on the situation, in the game you know if if you're obviously chasing the game you're going to have to push a little bit higher and if you're not you're going to be dropping back a little bit more you know uh, we need to take a quick break and Angela I know you need to run as well uh, before we let you go uh, give us your prediction oh um, <laughs> I, I, should have, I should have thought about this more I think it will be a really close game I think if Dublin can perform like they did against Cork and limit Louise they'll win um, I think I'm going to tip Dublin, yeah. Now, I think Kerry, you know, just on the loss of Shearfra, obviously, is going to be a huge blow to them. Um, oh, goodness, yeah, I think I'm going to tip Dublin. Just about over the fence there. Uh, stick with us, Paul and Kira. We do want to talk about the other two finals and chat a bit more about Dublin and Kerry as well. But Angela Walsh, thanks for joining us. We'll take a quick break. You're welcome back. We are looking forward to Sunday's All-Ireland Ladies Finals. Uh, Angela Walsh has left us, but Paul Garrigan, who was a coach with the Meath team that won the last two All-Irelands, is still on the line. And so too, four-time All-Ireland winner with Dublin, Kira Trant. And before we look at the other two games, it, 
the referee letting the game flow Paul has come up on a couple of occasions and I know every time we talk Camogie it's a constant frustration of the lack of physicality that is allowed in the game and with the comments that we spoke about earlier about the physicality that Dublin expect this Kerry team to bring is enough physicality been allowed in the ladies game? It's improved over the over the last two or three years, you know. Like, I suppose the rule book comes into it in relation to the tackle is very defined on the ball, not the body. So you have some refs that will go by the book on that, and I, I suppose you know that's why you kind of have to do your, your I suppose your homework on the referee who, who's refereeing the game what way he refs the game is he technical is he not technical but I think in ge- in general it, it has improved over the last couple of years there is a couple of frustrating ones you know where you know a player might put the, put the two hands out like this and someone hits hits the chest here and the player falls falls back and it's a free against um, you know the forward that, that that's frustrating at times but I think over the over the last couple of years you know uh, you know there's a lot more physicality in and there's a lot more more allowed. And I think I think the game will flow on on um, on um, on Sunday. You know, I've I seen the referee. He refed the Kerry Mead game, and you know, refed it refed it really good, in my opinion. You know. Listening to Angela there, Kira, if we are getting into predictions as to how this game will go, it does sound as though the loss of Chief Rocher could potentially be the game changer here, and maybe the difference from the meetings between the sides earlier in the year. Yeah, like you never want to le- or lose a, a leader within your team. You never want to lose a, a key player. But at the same time, you do rely on, on the squad. Um, you know, if Schieffer was fit and she got injured in the first minute of the game or in the warm-up, you're in the same situation. Like, she needs to be replaced. Um, and Kerry have lots of different players. And, you know, they've got a pool of very, very talented, like proper footballers to pull from. So she's a massive loss, but Kerry will have a lot of confidence in being able to replace her. You know, they got through this, the semi-final Um so, you know, it's it's motivating, but I don't think her loss is going to change the game too much. Like, you, you know, nobody's going to be of the opinion, well, Schieffer is not, not playing, Kerry aren't going to win. Um, so it's it's how they it's how they use her as a sort of source of motivation um, is kind of, kind of the, the key factor in, in, in determining, you know, the, the impact of her loss on the final we touched on the importance of Sinead O'Hearn and one of those many Dublin players going for a fifth All-Ireland title Uh, Carla Rowe's form this season has been sensational yeah uh, she's flying and like she's you know she's like a dog with a bone Um, she is addicted to hard work like she she just thrives off hard work Um, and this year and, and, and regrouping and rebuilding it required a lot of a lot of leadership, and you know, it was a massive challenge to a lot of the the more senior girls. But but Carla shouldered a lot of that, and you know, I had plenty of conversations with her, and she just she kind of relished the challenge of it all, and you know, she just gets better and better and better the the bigger the challenge is. Um, so you know, on a on a personal level, delighted for for her and the impact that her leadership has had on on rebuilding this team and and getting them that far, but. You know, as much as Louise is a, a player that has to be stopped on the Kerry team, you know, Carla Rowe, captain in Dublin this season, um, going into this All-Ireland final, like, 
good luck to anyone who's trying to trying to keep up with her. Uh, well, good luck to Ailish Lynch, I think is what we're probably going to be saying, Paul. Uh, she took up Carla Rowe in the game in Parnell Park, kept her to a couple of points in play. And I think they came towards the end of the game when you know Dublin were sort of all out attack at that stage. I presume you expect the same again that Lynch will will pick up Rowe. I would imagine so. Yeah, um, you know they they play a, a similar style to Dublin too, and you know they won't get too caught up in systems. So I'd imagine she'll pick up. But like, there's so much talent up front that like we, like we haven't mentioned Hannah Tyrrell either. Like she is like in one of my favorite footballers. Like, and I don't think I don't actually think uh, Hannah has an All Ireland medal. So like we talked about Sinead and we talked about other players, but like I remember listening to an interview on off the ball after the 2021 All Ireland final. I think it was a week after. And um, she went home to li- uh, she home that night to watch the video of the game to get it out of her system to be ready for 2022. And I just said to the lads coming back, you know, we better be wary of of Hannah Terrell and be better, better be wary of Dublin because this girl is driven. So I- I'd love to see um, for her, like for somebody that you know came back from rugby, a really really nice girl on and off the pitch, and you know hasn't got that All Ireland medal yet. So um, you know she she'll take a lot of watching that. Yeah, there is a quite a few players, Kira, in that Dublin squad with that uh, mixed sport background. Orla Nolan is another one who was quite a latecomer to Gaelic football, but uh, I think it's fair to say he's taken to it fairly well. Oh, extremely well. Like Orla takes absolutely everything in her stride. She's so laid back. Like she rocks up to to training on a motorbike. Um, is one of the fittest, one of the strongest on the team, and just floats under the radar. Um, you know she's so so unassuming but she's such an intelligent footballer that like she she's kind of like Paul Scholes she sees the pitch kind of like unfold in front of her um, you know and, and she, like you ask anything of her and, and she does it without even a question she doesn't even give like a facial reaction to, to anything that's asked of her or anything that's, that's you know challenging her um, she takes it all in her stride and, and, and she's fantastic but I think that that mixed sport background you know um, the soccer background yeah, she and played I with think, UCD Waves in the WNL yeah and I think she was supposed to be going off to some Olympics oh, I'm going to say shooting or something like that and she wow. she packed it in and 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 went playing for Dublin and, and didn't tell anyone um, about it you know that's just 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 the way she operates but yeah like she's she's a she's a playmaker a massive massive player for Dublin around the 45 around that middle third and you know in terms of supply into the into the full forward and forwards and into the danger players Orla Nolan is, is key to that and does she get the bus with everyone else to Cork or does she take the motorbike you know she'd run if if she had the option so she would (laughs) Uh, let's get our predictions for this one then Kira. I suspect I know which way you're going to go yeah like I think I think it's it's going to be very tight I think Dublin just uh, have that that bit of grit that bit of uh, naivety about them and I think they're just that bit fitter than Kerry so if it's if it's tight with 10-15 minutes to go I can see the dubs edging away I think Dublin have more players to, to pull from in terms of a goal threat like we haven't mentioned Kate Sullivan Creve O'Connor either um, in terms of their contribution so I think if it's close Dublin have uh, definitely have the edge but you know Kerry Kerry needs they need goals they need lots of scoreable frees um, to get over the line but they're a footballing team and, and they can kick so you know their counter attack has to be has to be stopped as well um, but yeah I think 
I think and I hope the Doves the Doves should have it yeah you want to be able to see them on Sunday night if all goes well and uh, enjoy the party with them and make sure you're on the right side of the predictions uh, Paul you can be a complete neutral in this uh, and uh, give us uh, honestly what you think is going to happen uh, from listening to the uh, talk around the game it does feel as though it could be a real high quality clash yeah, yeah, and the, and the betting is close as well. I think it's one to two, two to one for for the game. So so it's quite close. Um, it's a hard it's a hard one to call. I you know at the start here I probably wouldn't have seen either team um, in the All Ireland final. So shows shows what I know. But the two both teams deserve to be in it. They're the best two teams, um, you know, and have proven that they deserve to be in the final. Um, it, it really is a hard one to call. I'm probably just going to go. I'm going to go for a draw on this one. Uh, there hasn't been a draw in the All Ireland senior final in years um, you know and and you know it, it's a hard one to call I, I, I can I can make arguments for both teams uh, there's hunger there's hurt there for Kerry um, you know I still think there's unfinished business for Mick um, even though he doesn't have to prove it brilliant players on both sides um, uh, so I, I'm just going to go for a draw you know uh, it's properly sitting on the fence. 25 years since there was a uh, draw in the uh, senior final. So that'll be the third game. It's always a busy day and a brilliant day at Croke Park. Uh, first up is the junior final. So that's down against Limerick at 11.45. I, uh, a lot of these games, we don't get to see the early rounds on the TV. So it's very hard to make a judgment. But Paul, from what you know of these two groups, how do you see this one going? Uh, yeah, so an interesting moment down uh, when we won the All Ireland Intermediate in 2020, we were nearly beaten by down up in Dunleer. Um, you know, it was only a two point game. Um, so it, it, you know, it's it's interesting to see where we went and where down have gone. So they're, they're back at junior, and you know, there's huge work. Uh, I think Peter Lynch is involved with them. He was involved with them at the time. Um, so there's huge work, work um, being put in in with down, and um, I've seen a couple of their matches. You know, and there's a girl called Nat- Natasha Ferris plays up. Front for them, really, really good player, uh, an ex mead player as well. Vivian McCormick plays them, so I, I haven't seen much much of Limerick, but based on where down were you know, a couple of years ago, and they've had a had a good championship and have won, won games handy enough. I'd probably be going for for um, a down win in that. Kira down Limerick in the junior final, Kildare Clare in the intermediate final. When you look at those four teams, what are you expecting? Yeah, I'd probably go down as well. I think they just have that bit of traditional experience at the higher levels than Limerick have. Um, in terms of Kildare and Clare, oh, it's just, I think it's just going to be such a defensive game. You look at Kildare's um, semi-final, I think it was one six to four points or some kind of combination of that. Like It was very low scoring. Uh, Dan O'Hara there is keeping you know, the defensive approach to that. So I imagine the intermediate game will be quite a low scoring game and, and goals will probably will probably win that. Roisin Byrne will do a lot of damage for Kildare. Um but I think that game it will be too defensive to to really to pick a winner. I just couldn't <laughs> tune in at half past three is what we're getting. <laughs> uh, what are you expecting from Kildare against Claire Paul? Similar thing, low scoring? Oh, it's semi-final I watched actually I know a few of the Kildare girls um, yeah it was, a, it was against Wexford it was a real dogfight I think Kildare just have too much for Clare um, they've been really impressive now Kildare um, Kildare and Clare played in the league final there in the year and it was close um, so but I still just think Kildare have better forwards um, than than um, than than, uh, than Clare. Um, although Clare, you know, have Fidel Mamaron, uh, there's Laurie Ryan playing as well. So they've, they've a good team, but I just think Kildare left too much for them. Listen, 
managed by a Mayo woman who knows how to win in All-Ireland so what could possibly go wrong uh, Paul Kira, brilliant stuff really looking forward to Sunday thanks for joining us thank you